watch yours, and I'm going to quit in a few minutes. Amen. Verse number five says, and Joseph dreamed a dream. And he told his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. He said unto them, here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose and stood upright, and behold, your sheaves, they were stood upright, uh, uh, stood up also upright, and behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance, or they bowed to my sheaf. And his brethren said to him, Shall thou indeed reign over us? Or shall thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And he dreamed yet another dream and told it to his brethren. And said, Behold, Behold I dream more. Behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. He told it to his father, to his brethren, and his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brother indeed come down, come to bow down ourselves to thee, to the earth? And his brother envied him, and his father observed his saying. Now, you may be seated. There's a whole lot more I'd like to read if this was just a, a regular, regular service, but I'm telling you, this is so fitting here this honoring this good man and his good wife. Amen. Behind every good man is a good woman. Amen. And I, I want to be kind to the elder of this church, but I'd hate to see him without his wife. Amen. You don't have to say amen, but us, we know where we are. Amen. And so let me talk just a little bit about Joseph's two dreams. Two dreams. Now this boy could dream, I'm telling you. If you're going to dream, dream big. Most of my dreams are nightmares. And I am glad to get be awake. And, uh, but Joseph, he dreamed big. He dreamed good. He dreamed right. And there is a dreamer in all of us. And don't let anybody kill the dreamer in you. Time will kill that dreamer. Faults and mistakes and even sin will kill the dreamer. But you keep that dreamer alive in you. You encourage your children to dream. Dream big and dream often and, and dream right. But, but this boy, he made a, a, a mistake he told people about his dreams. And everybody wasn't excited about the dream as he was. Told him, said, in fact, basically all you guys are going to bow down to me. That's basically what he said. Now they understood one thing, that it was power, it was a dream about power and a dream about authority. And this man was going to have power and authority over them. Some folks put these two dreams as one, but they're all together different. 
was about the earth, earthly things, about sheaves, about wheat and barley. Uh, the other, if you'll hear me just a minute, was about heavenly things. One of them had dominion over earthly things and the other had dominion in a spiritual realm. I am convinced that God wants us to have dominion. He told us in Genesis, what is it, 1 and 16, that he made two great lights. He made the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And as a little postscript, he said, oh yes, he made the stars also. But the sun is that great power, that ruler of the day. S-O-N and S-U-N. And we are the church. (laughs) We're not the moon church, but we represent the lesser light. And we rule the night. In his absence, he said, take over till I get back. He left the church in charge. I just want you to know that we are more than just a group of people finding direction and misfits and failures. We are the cream of the crop. I'm going to say it. Yes, I'm going to say it. This is the cream of the crop in this community. And God has put you here. And God has given you a special man and a special woman to lead you. And I want to say it again. This is just the beginning. Eternity is young. There is a future for this church. And I feel strong about this week. That this week is about your tomorrow and about your future. Amen. And I want to talk about that a little bit more, if I can. These were two dreams. I don't have time to go through this with Joseph. I know that he had the favor of his father, and they hated him for that. And his father made him a little snappy sports coat, many colors. They hated him for his little sports coat. And they hated him for his dreams. Now, now they could, they could take his coat and they could shut his mouth, but they couldn't take his dream. They can't take my dream. Don't let anybody have that power and authority over you to take your dream. You dream in spite of everything that comes your way. Come on, dreamer. Don't let anybody kill the dreamer inside of you. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I tell you, I don't know when I've been so reckless in a pulpit as I've been here. And I don't know when, if ever, I've ever felt like preaching outside our church like I felt here. Amen. I'm telling you, it's just like it just, I don't even, it just comes. It just flows. I don't know why. Amen. I do know that you got a preacher in the house in the person of your pastor. Amen. And so let me hurry here. There, there, his dreams, his dreams was a cause of, of many difficulties. First of all, his dream caused him to 
to, to wind up in Egypt, sent him down to Egypt by his brothers when they threw him in the pit. And he was looking up. Things began to look up for Joseph. He was in the bottom of the pit. He didn't see that in his dreams. He goes to Pharaoh's house, but this could not, the dreams could not be be fulfilled in the context of Potiphar's house. And so his Potiphar's wife laid her filthy eyes on this goodly man. And the story's in the Bible for everybody to read. This should and could have been the end of Joseph. And there never would have been a story about Joseph. But to me, the defining point in his life was when the Bible said he fled. He fled. I am telling you, God give us men and women enough sense to know when to flee. You better have enough sense to know that sometime it's not time for a Bible study. study. And it's not time for a witness. It's time for you to leave the premise. And the Bible said he fled and got out of there. Are you hearing me? Amen. And so because of that, he winds up in the prison, the king's prison. Now... Now, Joseph, and please listen to me. I feel like I'm going to say maybe something to help this church. Joseph could have got bitter. But dreams are never fulfilled in the context of bitter, angry, resentful men and women. If you're carrying a chip on your shoulder, somebody will knock it off. Somebody said if you've got a chip on your shoulder, it's pretty well evident there's wood higher up. You've got a chip on your shoulder, forget about being used of God and dreams coming true. He could have gotten mad at the world. When they put him in prison, that should have been the end of this young man. Amen. If he would have lived, he should have come out scarred and mean as a junkyard dog and bitter. But he made up his mind. There were three choices. And I'm going to pass by this quickly. We are a product of our choices. I'm here today because of choices I made yesterday. Some were good and some were bad. And I wish I could go back and undo and redo the bad ones. But I got to go from here. The most important time in your life is not your past, but it's from here till the Lord comes to take you to glory. And it don't really matter where or how you got here. It matters what we do from this day on. This is the important thing. You just hear me what I'm saying. The devil will magnify your past, but I'm here to tell you, God chose to put it under the blood. The blood, the blood was especially uh, uh, for God. You understand, he said, when I see the blood, 
couldn't see the blood. So when you apply the blood, he says, that's sufficient for me. And if it's sufficient for him, it's sufficient for me. And if he can't see through the blood, leave it alone. Every time you drag it out, you reach under the blood and you get bloody hands. Leave it alone. Hey, leave it alone. Joseph made three choices that would would transform his life. And it's in this context. Number one is I will serve. I will be a servant. You got to hear what I'm saying. I will be a servant of servants. That's a decision, brother. You see some folks walk around so cocky and proud. You just wonder what they got to be proud of. I'd like to come to some of your family reunions. See what comes out of the woodwork. and high up and I'm going to tell you brother we got bootleggers and thieves and murders and I'm going to tell you brother God saved me just in time I'm going to tell you one thing brother God saved me out of where I came from I was a project boy you don't understand that some of you folks that's been blessed all your life you don't understand what one night in that project is I was raised in the project. I never was too good at fighting, but I sure could run. Found out they can't whip what they can't catch. You don't know, you don't know what I'm talking about. You've been protected all your life, and thank God for it. But he said, I'm going to serve. I'm going to make up my mind that I'm going to be a servant. They never knew his name. They called him the servant. Potiphar's wife talked about him. He said, she said, that Hebrew servant you brought in here. When that butler remembered him after two years, he said he was a servant down there. I don't know his name, but you'll know him because there's not many servants in prison made up his mind that I I'll serve the second thing he made up his mind I'll be happy doing it I'm going to tell you brother this is how and the context that dreams come true in you you got to understand just because you're a dreamer don't mean it's going to come true I'm going to tell you where the context is that your dreams will come true it came true in prison. And he could have got bitter and mean because things hadn't worked out right. Oh, I just got to help somebody because you got a great future, folks. I'm telling you, you got a great future. Come on and get with the program. You need to make up your mind that you're going to be a servant of servants and you're going to be happy about it. You're going to smile every once in a while anyhow. What you going to do? You're going to be happy. And I'm going to tell you the third 
decision choice he made is that if I can't get my dream fulfilled, I'm going to help somebody else. You don't understand what I'm saying, but this is heavy stuff, folks. This is the making of men and women of God. God's going to pass you by if you don't understand what I'm saying here tonight. He said, I'm going to be a servant of servants. I'm going to serve the servants. And I'm going to be happy about it. Nobody's done me wrong. I don't want to sing that song. Somebody done me wrong song. I got to hurry. I, I, my time's almost gone. I got I to say this tonight. And then, and then he said, I'm not going to just do it because I've got to do it. I'm going to be happy. This is the context that churches grow. This is the context that revival comes to. This is the context that that, that folks walk in and they see a glow on somebody's face and they understand that you're not a bunch of rulers but you're a bunch of servants. It's not time to rule, it's time to serve. Somebody needs to hear this. You believe the lie that you're special and you're, 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 you're just a little cut above everybody. Brother, if it is, sanctify that to God and be a servant. Because God's got a high of you and he's got a beautiful life for you. I, I, I don't know if this is all right or not, but I, I feel strong about this. That got that the, that Pharaoh put in prison, and because because of his attitude, everybody says his attitude, uh, his attitude. He's coming down through there, and here's these guys, and the Bible said they were sad. Now, can you imagine that sad in prison? And here comes old sunshine. Well, I don't know about that, but I know he's. He's happy. He's alive. He's breathing. God's good to him. He's got a promise. Don't look like it'll ever come to pass, but he's got a promise. He stops by and he asks these guys sitting there, look sadder than some of you tonight, I tell you. He said, What's, why are you sad? <laughs> uh, duh. Why am I sad? We're in prison, man. He said, we had dreams last night. All of a sudden, the dreamer stood up. He could have said, I'm going to tell you, you better leave them dreams alone. Because that got me in trouble. But he didn't. He said, why don't you tell me your dream? I'm going nowhere fast with mine. But I'll help you. me your dream and if I can't get mine done I'm going to help you get yours done I'm going to tell you brother for the first time in his life he realized that somebody else could dream some folks are think they're the only one that's dreaming
scream. And, and they, it's not smoke if it don't come out of their chimney. I'm going to tell you there's dreamers in the house. And yours may not come true, but this young man may be a dreamer. There's a dreamer. Here's a dreamer. If you can't get your dream fulfilled, why don't you help some of these young ladies with their, with their dream? Help these babies dream. Tell them, dream, baby. Come on, tell me what, what you're going to be. Then he said, well, here's the dream. I had, uh, I had all this here, uh, uh, the, 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 way, the, the, the vine, and, and I, I pressed the vine and put it in a cup. And, and he said to the butler, said, that's three days. You're going to be out of here. Three days. And the, and, and, and the bakers gave him and it was a bad. But he told that butler, he said, now listen to what I'm saying. He said, remember me when you get out of here. Here is the thing that I got to tell you. God is up to something big. I I can't get over it. I, I've never said that so much in a place, but God is up to something big in this house. It's big, brother. And let me, let me tell you what I'm talking about. Power is too too strong to put in the hands of people that's not trustworthy. You see, Joseph, God is wanting a prime minister. He's wanting the second most powerful man in the world. He's got to get everything out of him so when he does this, he'll be trustworthy. This kingdom of God is the biggest thing going. If you think the entertainment world is big, you don't know anything about the kingdom of God. If you think sin business is big, you don't know anything about the kingdom of God. This is the biggest thing on earth, brother, the kingdom of God, and we're in it. We're in it. We're in it. We're in it. Uh, and he said, uh, me and I, he said it eight times in two verses. He'd been in prison now for 11 years. 11 years. 11 years. It's, uh, and he's still a servant. And he's still happy. And he's still helping people. But because he had this me and I, egocentric, it's all about me. I was done wrong. Uh, God said, you know what? He's not quite ready. I can't trust him with the position and the power and the authority. You see, he had two dreams. And he's got to be trustworthy. Because if you put this power in the hands of an unfaithful man, it'll destroy him. And it'll destroy the kingdom of God. And so he said, you know what? He's not quite ready. So he left him in prison two more years. 
after two years, the king had a dream. Pharaoh had a dream. And brother, when you start, the king starts dreaming. I want you to know that's big stuff. That's global. That's global. And they came to Joseph and, and that butler said, Oh, I forgot. There's a man in prison. Two years ago, he, he knows. He interprets dreams. And he said, What's, what's his name? He said, I don't know. But he's a servant. I'm going to tell you, if Joseph had got bitter because he's overlooked, if Joseph would have got bitter because somebody passed him by, when they come to look for him, he no longer that servant. They'd have never found him in that place. He had ever reason to be bitter because of life and about what's happened to him, but he, he made up his mind that I am a servant of servants. I'm a servant to young men. I'm a servant to young ladies. I'm a servant to older folks. I'm a servant to my brothers. I'm a servant of servants. You got to understand, brother, this, there, is, there will be no greater compliment ever paid you than when he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Not preacher, not singer, not saint, not builder, not money man, but my servant. And when he came from glory, he could have took any form. And I'm sure you and I would have come in the form of a servant. Yeah, he, he could have come in a king, he could have come as a prince, he could have come as a, a judge, but he took on him the form of a servant. Let me hurry. That don't go too good in Pentecost anymore, the servanthood business. I'm telling you, brother, it's this context that dreams are fulfilled. If you want to sidestep and overstep the servanthood place in your life, it will never happen to you and you'll chase it the rest of your life. You will not go from dream to fulfillment until God takes you through this servanthood and he gets you ready for what he's got for you. It's too big to put in your hands when you're untrustworthy. He's going to have to break you. And a mighty revival. He's going to have to break you. And he knows how. He can body slam you three times before you can turn around. Amen. He said, he's in there. How will we know him? <laughs> You'll know him. Because just go down there. He's serving. He's happy. He's helping people. And out of that context... Out of that context and out of that situation, they came down and they looked and he, they probably said, where's, where's that servant at? Oh, he just came by here. He'll be back here in a minute. Here he comes. Got a big old smile on his face. <laughs> you know, really, basically, I'm a happy guy. Really, I am. I'm just happy to be alive. 
folks mess with you and you lose that smile. I'm telling you, everybody is good looking and beautiful when you smile. You ought to try it. I saw probably the ugliest man I ever saw till he smiled. I'm trying to tell you, God's made us all attractive and the devil will take that away from us. And he said, hey, servant, the king's got a dream and he wants you to interpret. You know what he said this time? He said, it's not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. And God says, he's ready. I can trust him. He's not cocky. He's not a show-off. He's a humble man. I'm going to tell you, folks, this humility is going to be the greatest distinction. That's going to be the greatest characteristic of heaven. It's going to be humility. One of the greatest things that Jesus had going for him was his humility. When we get to heaven, brother, there ain't nobody going to feel worthy of being there. We're going to fall on our face and say these crowns don't belong to us. I'm just rambling here, brother. I, 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 I know you're tired and it's Friday night and... I, I don't want to belabor this, but I, I, I just want you to know that when he stood before the king, listen to Brother McMullen. The king had what I consider a bad dream. He said there was seven fat cows and seven lean cows, and the lean cows eat the fat cows. I'm, I'm telling you the way I tell it. And the seven fat ears of corn and seven lean ears of corn and the seven skinny ears of corn eat the seven fat ears of corn. That's the way I tell it down home. Everybody down there would understand that. Now you get something good out of that. What it looks to me like, brothers, we in for, we in for problems. But here's the man. He looks... And he's going to get something good out of that dream. Listen to Brother McMullen. The king's dream. How you interpret the king's dream will determine what you do with the rest of your life. If you think this is a burden, you're going to struggle. But brother, if you see that this is the greatest thing and the greatest opportunity... And that you're lucky to be alive sitting on these pews. Coming from where I came from, brother. God, knowing where I would be in a Christless grave. You just understand the king had a dream. And this is what he said. He said there's going to be seven prosperous years and seven lean years. I'm going to tell you at that level. God gave him a plan. God, he said, now, now this and his plan, he worked himself into a job. If you interpret this king's dream right, you're going to have a job. You're going to be busy the rest of your day. It's going to transform your life. I'm going to tell you.
you about a dreamer. He sat one down one day and he sat upon this rock. I'm going to build my church. What a dream. You talk about a dreamer. He said in the gates of hell, let him dream. That's the, that's the, that's the paragon of a dreamer. Greatest dreamer that ever lived. He said, I'm going to take unworthy Gentiles and I'm going to put them in my church and I'm going to fit them to rule and reign and be administrators and executors of my will throughout eternity. They're going to be over all my creation. We're going to administrate the heavenlies. We're going to be a, hey, that's the church's job description in the world to come. I'm going to tell you, brother, when you're worthy of that world, you're going to understand he's going to know that you're trustworthy. I'm hurrying. And he said, you need to find a man. You need to pick out a man wise and discreet with judgment. And I'm going to tell you what you do. Let me give you this plan. Five, uh, you take a filth of this and a filth of that. And, build, build, and they stood back. And they looked at this 30-year-old man. And they watched him. And they, they understood that there's not another 30-year-old man like him in the world. He'd been in the prison system for 13 years. Should have made him mad and mean. He should have been a killer. But he comes out with a smile on his face and a praise in his heart. He's not bitter at anybody. He's not mad at nobody. I'm telling you, God's got business, folks. He is a businessman. You want somebody to come and partner with him. Oh, I wish I could say it the way I feel it, brother. They looked at him and they had a little talk and said, where can we find somebody like him? Brother, in one day's time, he went from the prison to the palace. He put him over. All of each of each, only in the throne, gave him estates, gave him land, gave him gave him everything, gave him Don't ministers. The other definition of ministry is servants. Still awake? I know you're tired. Amen. He said. He said. Uh, Come on now. We got to get this. And then the famine came, and two years went by, and he's 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 taking care of the king's business. He's got a lifetime job because he's he he saw. It's how you read the king's dream. What you do the rest of your life, if you don't read the king's dream right, you're going to sit around and get bitter and mean and you're going to backslide because you never had a, a view, an insight about the church of the living God. I'm telling you, there's a way out if you want out. If you're looking for a way out, you're going to find it. But if you want to stay in, they can't nobody run you out. I didn't 
didn't intend to say all this. I didn't intend to say all this. And one day he's taking care of business and he hears behind him some ugly men talking his mother tongue. And he listens. And he gets over close. And he turns around. And there they are. There they are. His brothers. Two dreams. God has the same plan for you. God wants you to have the best of both worlds. I am telling you, God wants us to prosper. I said, God wants us to prosper. If God can trust us with some money to behave ourselves, brother, why, why can't he get glory out of us paying our bills and giving money and having a little bit of money? God's not against you owning money. It's against the money owning you. And when it's needed, you're going to give it. I'm just rambling here tonight. I'm just talking tonight. And he looked around and there was his brethren. And so they came to him. Eventually, everybody had to come to Joseph. Now he's bigger than the dream. You see, started out, the dream was bigger than him. Men have to grow to where they're bigger than their dream. God, 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 God blesses men with talent and ability and the foundation is so small, they never grow. Samson was bigger than his consecration. His, consec- his gift was bigger than he was. his gift it was always a problem to him you just understand God has gifted all of us and we need to grow we need to he's wait he can wait on the man to grow I'm gonna tell all you men that's got a ministry here tonight you're interested in your ministry and rightly so but God is interested in the man we want our ministry to grow and God's not interested in your ministry. He's interested in the man. The man has got to grow. Amen. Some folks' gifts bigger than they are. They're always in danger. Amen. So here, here he is. He looks at them and when they come to him... You know the first thing they did? Bow. All ten. Benjamin was at home. Joseph had forgot the dream because that was a kid dream. Now it didn't matter who bowed because the whole world was bowed. He got bigger than the dream. I'm going to tell you there's a growing process going on in this church. God's growing some men. God's growing some women. God's growing a church. God's growing a church that can help this pastor with his vision. Help this pastor get what God has given him. He's growing men. He can wait on you, brother. I'm telling you, he can wait on you, sister. You can't wait, but God can wait. Understand that. 
Brother, when he saw them now, he remembered his dream. I'm going to tell you that dream. Pharaoh's deep pockets and Joseph's innate industry and his servanthood brought about that first dream. But there was another dream that Pharaoh could never touch. It was a spiritual dream. I've got to, I've got to quit what I've got to do. I've got to quit. I'm going to tell you, most folks, if they ever get blessed with material things, they think that's what God's all about. Get two nickels to rub together, and brother, we become independent. I'm going to tell you, God would like to make some millionaires around here if you could handle it. If you could handle it. I'm going to tell you, if you could pay tithes on a hundred thousand, on a million dollars. Anybody like to pay tithes on a million dollars? I don't know how many zeros that is, but that's a whole bunch. I'm going to tell you, folks. I had a man one time. He got in a bad, bad truck wreck. He brought me a check now. I see my name in a lot of places. Ooh, brother. My name was on a check for $100,000. He got $75,000, $750,000, and he wanted to even it out. I said, yes, Lord. He wanted to round You know what I did with that money? I'm sure you'd have done the same thing. I never bought a hamburger. I never bought a gallon of gas. I built a church with it. I'm sure you'd do the same thing. You, you let God trust you with some things and he'll do it again. I'm gonna tell you, when, when you, you know when God trusts you, he's gonna cause you, he'll call you to sacrifice again. And, and I'm waiting. Do it again, Lord. Do it again. Oh, I'm rambling here tonight. I'm just telling you, brother. It'll shock folks that you make, they'll get mad if they thought you got a $100,000. Well, I'm going to tell you, God can trust you to handle that right. And it won't make a fool out of you. You all of a sudden get important and independent. You done, you done messed up, buddy. You get that kind of money, your lifestyle ought not to change when nobody knows you. Oh, I'm meddling now. I'm sorry, sorry. I'm meddling now. I'm just telling you, God wants to bless somebody, but you're going to have to grow up to handle it. Can't go buy a $100,000 Mercedes. Oh, I got to go on here. Amen. But there was something else, and, 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 and this is where I'm going to close. He had two sons. He named one of them Manasseh and the other one he named Ephraim. And, and you might have heard me teach this one place, but, but, but Manasseh was his firstborn, which means he, he, he made me forget. He, I'm battling with my past. That was his firstborn. He, he made me forget the toll of my labor and I want to forget my father's house. Now that's what he named his firstborn son. 
When you call his name Manasseh, that means forget. And every time you call him, you remember what you're supposed to be forgetting. How can you forget when you say, where's forget? Forget what? Oh, I'm forgetting. Labor. Forgetting all this stuff that happened to me in the past. I'm, I'm going to forget that father's house. He lived two weeks from his father's house. And he never went home. Still there's something in there. Mm. Brother, when he saw those boys, I'm going to tell you, he's just as human as I am. But God had put him through the fire. Let me tell you about those t- ten boys. In those boys' loins was the Abrahamic covenant. In those boys' loins was David. The Bible writers, in their loins was Jesus Christ. In their loins was the church of the living God. And God worked for 13 years to break him. So when that time come, he wouldn't destroy those men. He wouldn't have bitterness against them. Cried. Five times they bowed. Eight times the Bible said Joseph wept. A completely broken man. A man trusted. A man that God could trust. These two boys, I got to get these boys here. One of them, the oldest was Manasseh. He was supposed to receive the right hand blessing. And Ephraim, his name was, he made me fruitful. He made me. So one of them's name is forget and the other's name is fruitful. Fruitfulness. Where's forget? Well, where's fruitfulness? That's what their names meant. You say, what does this mean? I'm telling you, the day came when Joseph was going to, Israel, Jacob was going to die. Jacob, uh, I'm getting all these names mixed up. Joseph took these boys to see his dad because he's going to die. And the Bible calls him Israel. You forget that he's a prevailing prince with God and he's got a deep spiritual insight because he's got a limp that won't leave because it reminds him of that night he was changed. He's not just Jacob, but he's Israel. Brother, he uttered one of the greatest prophecies in the whole Bible, Genesis 48. And so he, he's here. He's, 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 he's got this limp. <laughs> and I'm going to get one if I don't quit. But <laughs> we'll sit down here and take it up. <laughs> I wish everybody felt that way. Anyhow, I'm leaving. I may never come back. I may never get it. So I better, I better do it while I'm here. Anyhow, I'm not going to preach all night. I, Paul was long-winded in preaching. As a fellow happened to be in that church was so much in he wasn't out and so much out he wasn't in. Paul literally preached him to death, brother. I'm going to tell you, I feel like I'm about to preach some of y'all to death here tonight. But... This is special now. You won't never forget it. I can preach two hours and you never will forget me. Manasseh, he brings church four people big things about to happen 
It's going to affect millions. It's going to affect eternity. What's going to happen in this little building? Grandpa, Papa, and Daddy, and two little boys. And Israel, Israel shuts up. And all of a sudden, a spirit of prophecy comes on him. Joseph is busy, busy, putting forget, putting forget right here in front of this right hand so that right hand blessing will be on him. And he's putting, he's putting fruitfulness over here where his left hand, putting fruitfulness over here. And this is tradition. This is just the way it is. And we're going to bless forget. Now, I'm going to tell you, forget represented his past. And I'm going to tell somebody again here tonight, your past is not fit to represent you. You are bigger than your past. I'm going to say it again, brother, brother. I, I know this has got a illustrious past in this church, but this past of this church is not worthy to, to represent this church. You have got a glorious future. And don't let nobody lie to you. Don't let nobody lie to you. Amen. My goodness. My goodness. It's late. I'm going to cut right to the chase. He's supposed to put that right hand on forget. But something happened. He crossed his hands. He put fruitfulness ahead of forgetfulness. He put his future ahead of his past. Somebody hear what I'm saying here tonight. I'm going to tell you, God's in that mood tonight. He's, he's ready. He's ready. He's ready. His hands and what you've been looking at all your life in the past, God's telling you it's got to decrease and your future has got to increase. This church should have a forward look from this night on. I'm telling you, this church should be talking about tomorrow instead of about yesterday. You've been looking the wrong way. God has told me to tell you that this is the week that he's crossing his hands. And he is going to put your past in the past. And your future is going to receive the right hand blessing. Let's praise him right now. Oh, come on, church. Let's receive this tonight. Let's receive this tonight. 